Good morning, Southlands Chino. How are we? The pastor responded. How are we this morning? All right. There's a few people. Great. If you're you're sitting, I'd love to invite you to stand with us as we worship this morning. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. registered in heaven. I believe in signs and wonders. I am resurrection power. It's still the miracle that I just can't get over. My name is registered in heaven. My praise belongs to you forever. Let's sing this out together. Testimony from death to life. His grace filled my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Sons and daughters, power, blood, and washed in water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son, and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Yes, He will. And our God will finish what He started. This is my testimony from death to life. Grace rewrote my story. I'll testify. Jesus Christ, the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. If I'm not dead, you're not done.
you how to praise this morning. Praise you, Jesus. Good morning, everybody. So good to see you guys. If you don't know me, my name's Jeff. I'd like to welcome you this morning. It is so good to sing and praise and worship our King together. Um, I just wanted to share something out of Galatians with you. As we're going to hop back into some singing in a moment. And Paul is speaking to the, to the Galatians. And he says, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slave to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? And I'm not saying that people are... I'm not accusing everybody of turning back to weak and miserable forces this morning, but Paul has this wonderful thing where he says, now that you know God, or he almost corrects himself, and he says, or rather that God knows you. And that is our hope this morning, that it's not that we reached out and said, Lord, I'd like to know you, even though that's part of our relationship with him, but in fact that he reached out, that he became man, he came down from heaven and walked on this earth for the sake of having perfect relationship with us. And so that's why we're singing this morning, because it's not that we know God, but that rather that God knows us. And that sounds trivial, but there's a big, big implication for that. And so we sing this morning knowing that God is one who is with us, who isn't just with us, but cares for us, who doesn't just care for us, but has perfect plans for us. And so we sing to this creator, to this God, because of all that. And so we, my, my longing as a pastor here is for us to worship with all of our hearts, to say, Lord, I, I know what's going on in my life. I know where my heart tends to go left or right, or I tend to sing and then start thinking about lunch or the football games later today or whatever it may be. But Lord, help me in this moment to reach out and to establish a relationship that you have been seeking since before time even began. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to hop back into some singing and worshiping. So, Father, I thank you that this morning we can come to you as sons and daughters, that in your eyes you only see the blood of Jesus, that we can come to you with open arms and say, Lord, I need you, I want you. In every aspect, come and invade our morning this morning. Would you come and establish your kingdom not only in the church but in our hearts? Would you help us to worship you without uh, a care in the world? Would we lay it all before your feet for the sake of making much of your name? Hallowed be thy name this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We practiced a certain way to start this next song, but I just feel like we should sing the chorus together right now as a church and mostly voices. But let's sing this together. It goes, faithful you are. Faithful you are. Promises are yesterday, all your promises, and all your promises are yesterday. You must be faithful, faithful. Yes, and 
darkness, you have filled me with peace. Give her mercy, oh my God, in time of need. Lord, I can't help but stand for you are. Yes, 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 yes,
single Sunday and we pray and we sing and we worship with the goal of meeting our creator, of hearing him speak. And so we're a community that believes that God breaks through, that we, we need to have a little bit of flexibility for him to speak into our lives. And I believe this morning he is being faithful and he is showing himself faithful through how he is speaking with us. And so we have a, a few words and uh, both of you guys, if you want to come up here right now, um, God is speaking into some areas, and maybe you came here this morning saying, Lord, I just need to hear something from you. And Natalie, I'm going to have you share first. And God spoke to Natalie about breaking chains. And as I was praying, it's like, Lord, how do we act this out? How do we respond? And God was faithful and brought Lori to me, and she has basically what I believe is the response to Natalie's word, and I haven't even told Lori what Natalie's word is, but I'm just going to hand it over to them and let God do the rest. And Natalie, would you stick around after Lori and pray over us also? Isaiah 40, starting at verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The Lord gave me a picture um, at prayer that he gave me this song. And the picture that he gave me was a big, huge tree with a big, thick chain. And attached to the chain, you would normally see like a dog that's kind of attached to this chain. And the Lord said this morning, some of us are attached. We, they can only, you can only go so far. And then you think, oh, I'm free, I'm free, but you're not free. And the Lord wants to set you free this morning. Amen. And we are, we're, a lot of us are bound. Um, we've been battling things, fights, since our inception, since we've come to Christ. I know I have. Um, and it has to do, for me personally, and it may relate to some of you, but you may have others, and it has to do with the spirit of mammon. And that is the belief that I firmly believe that's been put in me since I was a child, that money is the answer and that if you have enough, or if you have a good job, or if you have the means, that's all really you're going to need, and you'll be safe, you'll be secure, and you really will be okay for the rest of your life. It's a battle I've battled since childhood, and when I came to Christ, it continued. And, the Lord, it, and it pops its ugly head. I get over it, I win the battle, yes, Lord, 
go, God, and then I go back. I, something will happen where fear comes in again and say, I, I don't have enough. I got to do more. I got to work harder. And the Lord is just saying to us today, um, tearing down a stronghold, which is what you're talking about. We're tethered to these things that have their claws in us. And the Lord can deliver us, but somehow we kind of begin to take our eyes off the Lord and go back again. And the Lord is saying, tearing down strongholds begins with true repentance and becoming right with God. True repentance isn't just feeling remorseful because you got caught doing something wrong. Rather, your heart is broken because the Holy One has revealed to you your sinful behavior and you turn away from it. When you bring that which is in the darkness out into the light, the power of the evil one has been, has over, over it has been, the power over it has been broken. And it's the, ter we don't, our battle's not against flesh and blood. It's it's in our belief system, and only God can change us and transform us and go in there and decipher everything and break us free of those things. So today, I'm just saying there is power. There is, if God has been speaking to you, submit. We've been learning about thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And right away, we always think big picture. Yes, Lord, help our country, help our whatever. But the Lord is saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Let it begin with you. Wherever God's dealing with you, let's say yes to the Lord and trust him. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have Natalie pray over us. And would, would you just pray deliverance from these things and kind of twofold um, that we would let go of these chains and that we'd have repentant hearts. But I, I just felt like you had the faith to pray this over our community this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I believe you're already speaking to your people. And you're already identifying specific areas. Emotional areas. Social areas. Physical areas. spiritual areas father we repent and say we do not want to be tethered anymore we want to run we want to run we want to run free we want to run strong we want to run hard in jesus name father we repent for the things that have kept us bound Lord, you, we want your freedom. We want your faith in us this morning. So, Father, we say, come, Holy Spirit, come and set us free once and for all. Set us free once and for all. Lord, we take off those grave clothes. We take off those mindsets. We take off the... The, the constant reminders and the racing thoughts, Lord, we lay them down at your feet. The fear, the anxiety, the frustration, the tiredness, the hopelessness, the depression, the physical inabilities. Father, we lay them down at your feet right now. And we say, come, Holy Spirit, heal us this yeah. morning. Heal us this morning. Heal us this morning so that we can be free. 
Lord, free in Jesus' name. Father, thank you, Lord, that who the sun sets free is free indeed. Father, we can come to you and say, Abba, Father, Daddy God, Daddy God, you've set us free. Thank you, Lord, and who the sun sets free is free indeed. We're going to hop back into one last song before we sit under the word. But I'd like to invite you, if something with this resonated with you, can we have a posture that lays it down at God's feet this morning? It says, I hear what you're saying, and I submit myself to you. I hear the freedom that you are calling me to. Help me to not hold on to these chains that you have, you're breaking that you maybe have already broken, but help me to let go. So, Zach.
never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working, even when I don't see that you're working, even when I don't see that you're working, never stop, never stop working, never stop, never stop working, even when I don't see that you're working, even when I don't feel that you're working, you never stop, you never stop working. thank you for how you've already met with us this morning. We just say yes and amen to what you're doing. We ask that, that we wouldn't grow complacent, that we would just seek for more of you. We say more of you this morning, more of you, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, thank you for singing with your guts. Was that, that was not a proper saying, was it? Singing your guts out. Thank you, Marianne. Anyway, why don't you take a second and say hi to somebody next to you. Morning, Southlands. It is great to be with you today. Welcome, everybody. Uh, my name's Kelly. If you're newer to us, uh, just I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, man, we are a church that wants to make much of Jesus in everything that we do. Um, when we sing, when we sit under the preaching of the word, when we gather together in homes in the week. Um, by the way, our community groups are starting back up this week, which we're really excited about. If you um, haven't been able to get signed up for a community group, you could do that today. 
Uh, you can go back to the welcome table this morning. We'll get you signed up. We have about five different groups that meet throughout the city and the area. And um, this, is, this is a priority for us here at Southlands. Um, we understand that we can't just do community or fellowship um, or interaction with, with each other only for once a week for an hour and a half. Um, we, we try to do twice a week for three hours total, as if that's enough, honestly. But really, we want to encourage you to, to join a community group. Um, you're going to find that you're going to be able to meet with people who you're going to be able to share your life with and be able to build friendships with, uh, find a community of support to pray with, uh, to be encouraged, and also to be an encourager and to be a supporter too. And so um, we want to want to say, man, if you're not in a community group, get signed up today. Uh, you can do that back at the welcome table. And then the last thing, just want to throw out to you as a reminder, at the end of the month here, January 24th, 25th, and 26th, we are going to be praying and fasting together. So we are excited about that. Who's excited about not eating for three days? All right. We're just trying to help you with your New Year's resolution. Uh, of losing some weight. Um, And so we're going to be gathering here the Monday night from 6.30 to 7.30. We'll be gathering here the Tuesday night from 6.30 to 7.30. And then on the Wednesday, uh, we're going to be joining Brea. Brea will be hosting that evening, and we're going to do a potluck. Uh, We'll be breaking the fast all together from 6 o'clock, and we'll be eating together, and then we'll join together in prayer and worship. So Please make those uh, evenings a priority as we get together for prayer. All right, let's jump in to it this morning. We're continuing um, a sermon series called Pray Like This, and Jesus told his disciples, um, this is how you pray, that the one ask that you really see in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, of the disciples to Jesus was the one time where they say, Jesus... Will you teach us how to pray? Will you, will you model for us? Will you show us you're a really good prayer? We see you get alone uh, on the mountaintop. We see you hide away. And it, is it, what are you doing when you're doing that? What is, what is taking place? And your life seems to be empowered by your relationship with God the Father through prayer. Will you teach us how to do that? And Jesus says, of course I will teach you to do that. And so last week, We looked at what is traditionally known as the Lord's Prayer, uh, but what we understand more biblically is actually it's the disciples' prayer. And so we looked at what it means to pray like a disciple. And a, a, a disciple prays like Jesus prayed. And Jesus said, when you pray, guys, hey, listen, this is how you pray. You don't just pray to a thing. You don't pray to a structure. You don't pray... Um, to an idea or a thought of who God is, you pray directly to God and you can address God as Father. You have the privilege to come to Him as sons and daughters and He will uh, address you as a Father, a loving Father, a good Father, a Father who wants to spend time with you. And not only do you get to have the privilege of addressing God as a Father, but this is how you continue in this foundation of God being a Father is that you, you pray His will, His kingdom come, His will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, and you subject yourself. And as you personally engage with God the Father, something is transformed inside of you from the inside out. Do You find this transformation because as you're seeking God's will, you have to lay down your will, right? 
And so Jesus helps his disciples understand what it means to pray and to pray to a father and to pray in a way that we subject our wills to the father's will. So we're going to continue in this, uh, in this season of prayer and um, look at um, if you continue in the context of what Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, we're going to continue in this uh, unpackaging, so to speak, a double-clicking, uh, if you like the internet, if you like your computer kind of stuff, this morning um, on Jesus Continues. So, number one, I just want to say, we desire to be a church who is really, really good at prayer. Now, here's the problem with that, is prayer is hard, Okay. Any, I mean, I asked last week, anybody here pray too much? Not one person raised their hand. I did do a sermon on prayer maybe like three or four years ago. I, I was, I'm not going to say where, well, I'll say it. I was at Brea. I was preaching, and, and somebody raised their hand and says, I pray way too much. And I was like, man, you're a liar, you know? Um, but nobody here, we're more honest here at Chino, you know? Uh, just kidding. Nobody here could say, man, I'm just so good at praying. I pray way too much. That's my problem, right? Um, we, we were talking yesterday or a couple days ago in the car about even too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. And you can, you, did you know you could poison yourself by drinking too much water, right? And you go, man, water's good for you. But actually, if you drink way too much water, you're going to have problems. Well, we can't say the same thing about prayer. No one can say, man, I just pray way too much, and that's why I have problems in life. And all. No, nobody says that. And I get my encouragement to you as the pastor, as one of the pastors in this church, to pray. Sometimes we go, oh, you know. It's like if I were to get up here and say, you should eat your broccoli, you know. Broccoli and Brussels sprouts and lima beans. That's what all of life is about. We all go, yes, we know, but we hate it. It's so hard. It's difficult. It's bland. Well, here's the beautiful thing about prayer. Prayer is so much better than broccoli. That is God-honest truth, whether you like broccoli or not, because there's this beautiful exchange that we get to have with the creator of the universe that has been set aside for you and me who call ourselves followers of Jesus, who have been transformed from the inside out, who have been brought from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, that now we have this ability to boldly approach God not because of anything we've done, but because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross, that we can come directly and have access to God's presence and ask of Him and seek Him and to pursue Him in actual conversation, which is prayer. So I want us to become, I, I told you guys last week, we don't know what's going to happen this year. Could things get worse? Maybe they could, right? Could things get better? We hope so. We don't know what this, what this year will hold, but here's one thing that you and I and we as a church can say, we're not just going to make resolutions. We're going to make new rhythms. We're going to add to our character something what God has called us to do, and that could be prayer. If the one thing we do well at the end of this year, folks, is we could say we prayed, and we prayed our guts out, as Jeff wrongly told us this morning, we, we went with our guts. I mean, I guess so, yeah. Let's pray with our guts. Let's pray our guts out. Let's pray till we're hoarse. Um, let's pray till we got nothing left in the tank to give it. If that could be true of Southland's Chino, whoa, man, that would be awesome. And so my encouragement, my exhortation, my charge to you, 
would be, guys, let's join in prayer. Let's build our prayer muscle. And so that means we got a lot of work to do, okay? We have a lot of work to do. That means some sacrifice. That means some surrendering some evenings. That means um, getting up early. That means staying up late. That means sometimes when the Lord wakes you up at 3 in the morning and you're like, why am I awake? And then maybe I should pray. What do I pray for? It's just all of these things, okay? So you guys ready to do that? With us as a church? Yeah. Four of you? Okay, all right. I mean, Azusa Street Revival was started with two little old ladies, you know, and so, man, if there's four of us who are ready to do it, we can do it. All right. Um, now, here's my question to you this morning is, what do you do when you really want something or you are in desperate need of something? How do you react? What are some of the things that you have done? You think about maybe you've been in a financial situation where you're like in trouble. Maybe there's a relationship in your life that you're like, man, this has got to get fixed. Maybe there's a situation at work where there's just it's piling up and you have a deadline and you're starting to feel stressed about it. Maybe you've been on an airplane and the pilot gets on and he says, put your head between your knees. I don't know. I've never been in that kind of situation. But what would you do, what have you done in those kind of situations? Most of us would say, I give it everything I got. Most of us would say, I am desperate. I'm going to do whatever it takes to see what needs to get done, get done. If that means I lay my pride aside and the plane is going down and I stand up and cry out and say, God, come through then that's what I'm going to do. If my finances are a certain, I'm going to like, what can I sell? What can I get rid of? I remember Marianne and I, one time we were particularly not in a good financial place and we're going through our, all our old jewelry, right? And uh, this is where they get you when you're desperate. And so we're finding all the gold and like, we're like, all right, let's go to one of those places that you can exchange your gold for cash. And you never get what you're supposed to get for your gold, do you? But we were desperate and we're like, okay, this is, I mean, we're not, this stuff's just sitting around, you know, first world problems. So we take it into the place and we get some cash for it. We're like, all right, that helps us stay a little bit more afloat. What do you do? See, Jesus wants to encourage you and me as followers of him, as people who have the privilege to beseech God, to beseech God. And he's going to encourage us this morning as we're going to see after the disciples ask him how to pray, then he's going to say, like, this is kind of your heart attitude as you pray, all right? So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to read verses 7 through 11, and this is from the ESV, and this is what the word of the Lord says. Jesus tells his disciples, verse 7, ask, everyone say ask. And it will be given to you. Seek. Everyone say seek. seek. And you will find. Knock. Everyone say knock. knock. And it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Verse 9. Or which one of you, if his son asks ask him for bread, will give him a stone? It's rhetorically like nobody would do that. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, thank you, Jesus, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask of him? So Jesus here, he's saying, all right, I've taught you how to pray. I've given you, so to speak, like this kind of trellis 
in prayer and set this up and then the vine of of fruitfulness starts to grow on this thing and this is how you address God and this is how you pursue him and here's some specific ways that you should pray now what Jesus is doing is saying not only is there like a good I guess formula is not the right word but a good structure of how we should address God and how we come to him. Now here's kind of like your intensity. Now here's kind of the heart behind it. Now here I'm going to show you what it is to actually pursue in prayer. And, and, and man, if I could say, Southland's Chino, if we could allow the Holy Spirit to somehow, I don't know how this works, but it's supernatural, it's mysterious, but will God will come and do what only he can do in us, if we lay aside our preferences and say, Holy Spirit, will you come and build in us an understanding, a conviction, a stick to that's a word, of being able to ask and seek and knock, Lord, please, will you do that among us? So what I want us to do this morning is look at these asking, seeking, knocking. Now, here's the misconception that we um, can default toward as we look at Matthew, uh, Matthew's example of how Jesus is telling them what to do. We could take these three words, ask, seek, and knock, and what we could say is, well, what Jesus is doing is he's using three words, and they're synonymous for each other, they're synonyms, and basically all he's trying to do is reinforce the fact that he wants us to pray. Well, I think that is correct in some point that, yes, Jesus is saying, hey, ask and seek and knock, and they all would feel similar, but every commentary that I read on this would say, actually, it's not just that. Uh, one, co- one commentary said this, it seems better to suggest that Jesus is indicating a rising scale of intensity in one's prayers and points to the persistent manner of life lived before the Father. See, what Jesus is not only encouraging his disciples to do is to to pray and then pray and pray, but he's actually saying, actually asking, seeking, knocking, there seems to be like this intensity. There's a, a, a stepping up in. There's a maturity to be understood in each one of these aspects of prayer. It's not just, yeah, Jesus just wants us to pray. Um, and so he's not just using different words for the same thing. He's saying, disciples of mine, I want you to ask, I want you to seek, I want you to knock. I want you to understand that each one of these are good, they're a little bit different from each other, and we should take example by that this morning. So let's just look at these three things, and then we'll be done, all right? You guys ready? Number one, ask. Now, here is the question that I sometimes wrongfully, and my heart attitude defaults toward when I come to prayer. I know that God is sovereign. Marianne and I will often have um, passionate um, conversations about prayer. Her and I, we go on these walks, and a lot of the times we pray together, and sometimes we talk about what prayer is and what prayer isn't, you know. And I'm just going to, like, say this out here. I do not like the saying, prayer changes things. I don't like it. Now, I think it's right. I think it's right. But why I don't like it is because, I think the church has misunderstood that saying, and somehow it becomes about me having the power. If I say certain words, then I'm twisting God's arm, and I made something happen by my prayers. That is so wrong. That's not how prayer works. Um, 
and so we get in this debate, and she's like, no, but it doesn't mean that. It means this. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, we can't say. And so we get into these long. And so then part of me goes, in my sovereignty of understanding who God is, not my but God's sovereignty, I go, well, God, you know everything, right? I mean, if, if God doesn't know everything, he's not God, right? Isn't that true? I mean, God never looks into the future and learns anything. He knows exactly what is and what isn't. And, and so if, if that is true, then God, why do I really even need to ask? If you already know, I mean, we read it last week, don't say a bunch of empty words, what Jesus tells his disciples, like the, like the Gentiles do, like the hypocrites do. They just say a bunch of puffy words, a bunch of eloquent words. And he says, your Father in heaven already knows everything you need, even before you ask. And so then the problem comes is, well, why do we need, even need to ask? That is a very good question to ask. Ooh, see what I did there? All right. Why should we ask? Why would Jesus say, hey, ask and keep on asking? Why would Jesus encourage us if Jesus knows everything, God knows everything, the Holy Spirit knows everything, why can't we just walk along in our lives and trust that God's just going to figure it all out and we're going to end up in the, the cosmic soup in the right place at the right time? And I think, and I think rightly so, it's because asking is good for us. Asking is good for us, and it pleases God. It's not as if somehow God's unaware of your situations. You know, Mike was, was encouraging us this morning. He said, you know, guys, there is in everyone's lives, and, and if you were to be able to see in the spiritual, there would be devastation. There would be situations where we aren't able to see with our human eyes. But if we were to put on like spiritual glasses and be able to see the supernatural world, everyone in this room would have things in our lives that would, that would seem hellish, that would be like, wow, I cannot believe this is going on in this person's life. And it's not that we just go through life and we say, well, God knows, God sees, and so we don't need to do anything about it. There's something about, yes, in our circumstances that we cry out to God and God delights in us crying out to him. There's something about in this asking where it causes us to humble ourselves. It causes us to get into a position of where we need to draw to God and we find ourselves submitted and we find ourselves bowing to the will of God in our asking. And so Jesus says ask because not that God doesn't know, not that God needs to be reminded somehow, it's because it's good for our souls to remind ourselves that God cares. To remind ourselves that God is our only hope. They're to remind ourselves that God has the answer. Remember I said last week, prayerlessness is practical atheism. And I think that's true. And I'm guilty of that. Because sometimes I just go, well, I don't need to ask. I can figure this out myself. Or God knows everything. So I'm just going to do what I do. But when we ask, it acknowledges our dependence on God. And it's not just personal, friends. We ask, yes, in our individual lives, there's things that are going on that are out of our control. And we say, God, will you, will you come? And will you make right? And will you do this? And Lord, I need this. And oh, whatever this. But we also do that together as a people. We ask. And so we are meant to we are meant to live out individually our dependence on God. And as a church, 
we are meant to live out our dependence on God. That's why we have corporate prayer once a month. We get together on Wednesday nights. We're going to do it coming up pretty soon, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And we're going to together as a people say it's not just about me. It's about us as a church that we are crying collectively out to God and asking him. We are saying, God, we as your people are dependent on you. We need you to come through. And that's why it's good for asking. So, a couple practical things here. It puts into action. I got way off, so just let me come back to here, guys. Asking is good for our relationship with God. Why? Because it puts, us in, it puts into action our relationship with God. You know, don't you find that? When you pray, you are now forced to interact with God. You are now, uh, you, you are, you are, engaging in a conversation if marianne and i always think we know each other's minds and we never ask each other we never talk to each other we would have a weird marriage but when i start to engage it forces a relationship of growth so it's good for us puts it puts expression to our faith it declares our dependence on god i've already said that it glorifies god how is that how is that that god is glorified somehow in our asking well, I think that he rejoices in the fact. You know, I love when my kids most of the time will ask me because I love the fact that they know that I'm the dad and I'm the parent, the provider, whatever it is. And I think God rejoices in saying, God, will you do this? God, can we have this? God, you see this. Will you act on my behalf? And God is pleased in us acknowledging that he is who he is. And it forces us to lean into, into the truth that God wants to hear us and interact in us. It's easy for us to just kind of go out our day and, and not engage in prayer because we may have this underlying little lie in our heart, this little untruth that God really doesn't care that much or that, you know, he's not that concerned about this small situation. I can handle this on my own. Why would I need to go to the creator of the universe for this small situation? And when we humble ourselves and we ask God, what it does is it causes us to engage in this truth that God cares, that God listens, that God loves, and God somehow wants to hear our prayers. Isn't that beautiful? And I, I hope that this dawns on your heart. Now, not asking, it's a sign of immaturity. It really is. Um, and it's practical atheism. All right, so that's asking. Number two, what we see Jesus say is, not only do you ask, but we seek. Now, what is the difference here between asking? It's, it's not as if we, um, we graduate from asking to seeking, because we never should stop asking. But this seeking is a pursuance of God. Seeking is a pursuance. It's not just coming to God and asking for stuff and asking for situations to be fixed, and, you know, for our needs to be met. And even Jesus encourages us, remember, give us this day, what, our daily bread, that's asking. But then it, we move from asking to seeking. And now this seeking is where a lot of Christians never graduate from asking to seeking. A lot of us often view prayer as just kind of a, a, a list that we say, okay, here's all my situations, here's all the things that are heavy on my heart, 
Here's all the, the problems that I have. Here's all the, my wishes. Here's all my desires. Here's even the good things that I should be praying for. And so I'm going to pray this laundry list, so to speak, to God. That's not bad, but a lot of us never graduate from the asking to the seeking. And the seeking is not just going to God and asking for stuff. The seeking is going to God and seeking Him. Okay? Seeking Him as a person. Seeking Him as an individual. Seeking Him as, as, as a person that we can relate to, as knowing His mind, His heart. And so what would this look like in seeking? Instead of maybe just first asking God for stuff, it might be like, Lord, here's my will, but I'm going to seek not my will, but Your will. And so you say, Lord, here's all the things that I think would be right, um, here's what I think should happen in my finances. Here's what I think should happen in my relationships. Here's what I think should happen in my soul. Here's what I think should happen in my flesh, my health, all of these things. But Lord, you know what I'm going to do? In my seeking of you, I'm going to lay all this stuff, so to speak, down on an altar before you. And I'm just going to like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to trust you with it. And as I trust you, I'm going to seek your will. I'm going to seek Lord, even in spite of what I think would be good, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to seek you and say, Lord, will you speak into these things? Lord, will you show me what your heart, what your mind is, what your will is for all of these things, and I'm going to submit them to you. And in that seeking, what happens is we pursue the presence of God. For some of us, this is so foreign in our prayers. For some of us, we only understand the asking. And, and, and this understanding of a personal relationship with God, this like hearing his voice, or, or like saying, man, I feel like God is saying this about my life. It's foreign to you because your prayer life is only ever, always just asking. And Jesus says, yes, ask shows your dependence, but there needs to be a seeking. There needs to be, like, when's the last time you sat and you prayed and you just said, I'm going to be quiet for a moment. And I'm going to ask God to speak. And I'm going to say, Lord, here's the situation. I may, not, I may not know anything. I may not hear anything. I may not feel anything. But I'm just going to sit here quietly and just trust that you might speak to me. When's the last time you did that? Usually we're like, well, I didn't get through my laundry list. You know, God didn't hear all the stuff that I need to pray for, so therefore it's not going to get done. No. Jesus is calling us to seek a person. That's stuff. To seek a person and his will and his ways. And so what we do is we move from just asking to seeking, and we start to get to know the heart of God. Here's some, here's some practical things that we should do in seeking. We move from, Lord, what is it that I want, to, Lord, what do you want? We ask the Lord um, through Scripture. And let me just give you an example. Here's a real practical way of seeking God through Scripture. Because I, I get it. Like, sometimes we can say, Lord, I, I'm calling on you to hear your voice. And then some subjective thing comes into our head. Like, you should eat cereal every day. And you're like, is that the Lord, you know? Um, for every meal or, you know, I don't know, whatever. Something silly, right? But really, we have to ground it in Scripture. And so really a helpful way to seek the will and to seek God's person is through the Bible. 
okay? So one of the most helpful, helpful ways for me to pray through Scripture is always through the Psalms. The Psalms are so good because they're real, uh, they're emotive, and they always come back to the truth of who God is. But sometimes it's hard to pray through Scripture. We don't know, like, what does that even mean? Well, let me, let me just walk you through a way to do that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms uh, chapter 16. One of my favorite Psalms. And this is, oh, it's up there. It says this. Verse 1. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Now let's just stop there for a moment. How do we pray through that? How do we seek God through that? Well, we know that God speaks to us through his word and through scripture. And what we can do is say, Lord, we just take each line and we go, Lord, will you preserve me today? For in you I take refuge. Lord, I just submit that I haven't been taking refuge in you, right? I've been trusting in this situation. I've been trusting in this. And God, I've been trying to preserve my own self through my own strength. Lord, I just submit my will and I say, God, will you preserve me? Will you help me to trust you? And you pray prayers like that. And then it says something like, uh, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Lord, I just acknowledge that I'm sinful. I acknowledge that, you know, my heart tends to go towards fleshly desires. And it, it tends to go towards selfishness. And I just submit that to you, God. And I say, Lord, I just acknowledge that anything good, anything good in my life, even the gifts you give, even the fact that I want to follow you is because you caused me to put something in my heart to want to follow you. And so, Lord, I just acknowledge that you are the only good. You are the only thing that's good in my life. And I mean, we could keep going through this, but that's how you do this seeking is that as the scripture starts to get imparted into your life, you start to see this transformation from the inside out and you start to know the will of God. You start to hear his voice more clearly and easily. And you start to say, Lord, it's not just about a laundry list that I'm coming to you. It's about me seeking your will, seeking your desire, seeking your heart. Imagine every single person in this room knew exactly the will and the heart of God. What if you knew that? Did you know you can? <laughs> by seeking God, by asking what he wants, and then submitting your life to that, that's done through the privilege of prayer. Jeremiah 29 says this, 12 through 13. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I love that promise. God is not just a God of these little, like, I want you to pray through this method. He's a personal God, and he says, when you seek me, you will find me. When's the last time you found God's presence. When's the last time you were refreshed in God's presence by seeking him? When's the last time where you felt like, man, I, God just spoke to me and it encouraged me? It wasn't this generic understanding of what I do in life. Listen, friends, I'm not trying to get us on these weird tangents where we all subjectively hear God's voice and we all say, well, I think God's this. And I think, no, it's, I'm saying yes through scripture. But can I encourage us, Southlands Chino, Prayer is not just this generic offering up of words. Prayer is meeting with the creator of the universe. And that's through us seeking God. All right, last one. Then we'll be finished. 
So not only do we ask, uh, and not only should we seek, but we knock. Now, this is probably the most mature area of prayer. You, you ever like understand like levels of maturity? The first level, like when you have a baby, if you've ever had a child, um, that baby exists for who? Themselves, right? And that's, it's not bad, it's just what they are. And so that's, that's the stage of life. And Jesus acknowledges it and he says, listen, when you pray, you ask, and that's good. Um, and the next area of maturity, though, is we graduate, hopefully, from moving from I exist for me and everyone exists for my benefit to now this mutual benefit, right? So we, I exist and they exist for me. And so we, we love each other, I'll do this if you do that. Um, all this kind of stuff, right? But the most mature, the most mature is where we move from a mutual benefit to where I do things even if they don't benefit me at all, right? And you know as a parent, you do stuff for your kids that you aren't going to get any return of investment on. Why? Because you love them. Because you're mature, hopefully. You know, a parent who like is petty, a parent who does stuff only if their kids are going to do something in return, that's not a good parent. And so hopefully we graduate from this understanding of it's not just about me, it's not just about us, but it's about me that God's placed me on to benefit others even if I don't get anything in return. And knocking kind of prayers are similar kind of prayers. And here's how we understand this. Look at Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 8. Jesus continues this understanding of prayer, and he's going to like specifically talk about this knocking in prayer. And he said to them, the disciples, which of you has a friend uh, and will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. Verse eight, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. That's usually how it works. If you're like familiar with somebody, you'd be like, get the heck out of here, you crazy person. If it's a stranger, you might like help him out. But if it's a friend, you don't do that kind of stuff. He says, I tell you, this won't happen um, give it because he's a friend. Yet because of his impudence. Everyone say impudence. <laughs> say it again, impudence. It's such a good word. It's like this audacity. Is crazy boldness. The, you ever hear somebody say, oh, the nerve. It's what Jesus is saying. It's because of the audacity, the nerve of this person, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. Now, here's this in the context of knocking. Jesus is saying, not only should you ask in prayer, which is good for you and your soul, and the acknowledgement of what you need can only come from God, because he has all that you need. Not only should you seek the person that he's not just this cosmic Santa Claus in the, in the sky and that we go to, but you actually are interacting with as a person. But in your asking, in your seeking, you need to knock and keep on knocking. If you were to look at the, the way the verbs are here, it's this present tense. Jesus is saying, ask and keep on asking. It's not like, hey, you asked once, and now you did your, no, he's saying ask and keep asking. And then seek and keep seeking. And by the way, when you knock, keep knocking. To the point where it gets awkward and uncomfortable. 
with the person who's on the other side. And even if they don't want it, what are you going to keep doing? You're going to keep knocking. Why? Because you have this impudence in you. Why? Because you know who is on the other side can provide you bread in the middle of the night when you need it, even if they're like, oh, go away. Now, the moral of the story isn't God is like begrudgingly wanting us to like suffer and beg and be like, I'm just going to wait a little longer because I really like to watch you squirm. That's not the heart of God. See, what Jesus is telling his disciples is, I want a grit. I want you to have a prayer muscle. I don't want you to miss leg day, basically, is what he's saying. You ever see a guy go to the gym? He's like, all yoked up up here. And then he puts shorts on, and you're like, chicken little, what happened? See, Jesus is encouraging us, saying, I don't want you to miss leg day in prayer. I, I want to, like, oh, I want this grit. I want this, like, fortitude inside you to pray, and not just for the stuff you want, not just for the things you need, but for others. I want you to knock. And, and it, so it's not this spiritual nagging. That's not what Jesus is saying. I want you to spiritually nag God. God, 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 God. And he's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. No. I want you to have faith-filled impudence. Persistence. Faith-filled persistence. Faith-filled contending. Faith-filled contending. God, here's the situation. Let's take our nation, Okay? We intercede for our nation. Lord, here's, you know the hot mess. You know the trouble we're in. You know, you see the, the, the decay of morality. You see everything that's wrong being called right and vice versa. You see all of these things. You see the world. You see the fear that's happening. You see all of this, God. And I'm going to ask. And I'm going to keep asking. And I'm going to contend for this world. And Lord, will you pour your spirit out? Amen. No, it's not just like, I prayed a prayer. It's, God, will you come and break in? God, will you have your way? God, will you move? It doesn't feel like you hear me, but I'm going to keep calling out to you until you move, until you answer, until you say, I heard you. I've, I've been wanting you to like develop inside of you a muscle that won't quit because there's going to be other things that are harder than this, and I want to teach you how to cry out to me. I want you to teach you the first person that you come to is me because I'm the only hope. And so God says, knock and keep on knocking. Don't stop. Don't stop. Well, what if it's not your will? Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that right now. I'm just encouraging you to keep knocking. Keep knocking. See, as you're knocking, you're building this faith. As you're knocking, you're building this truth. God listens. God hears. God answers. Have you ever had to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and it felt like there was nothing happening and then all of a sudden, boom, God moves and he changes the situation. You're like, whoa, what happened to your faith in that? Your faith was grown, wasn't it? Your faith was like, I kept asking God, I kept knocking on the door of heaven and God answered and he poured out his kingdom. And so what it does is it teaches you for the next situation to say, well, I could do that. I could keep asking, I could keep seeking, I could keep knocking on the heck doors of heaven, so to speak. I'll, uh, this is, I don't know, I'm getting on a tangent. What's his name? Bob Dylan. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Sorry. 
Cut that from the... Ah, man, it, you know, we pray Sunday mornings. We'll gather here once a month. And, you know, like whoever's leading will say, okay, guys, on a count of three, let's all pray for, you know, whatever. Let's pray for this situation. And there's like a little bit of a rumble in the beginning. And then what happens is it dies down a little bit, right? Maybe it's like 30 seconds of like intense prayer, faith-filled prayer. And then it, it dies down. And, and man, what if we could like, as a, as a church, in these corporate prayer meetings, where the leader says, hey, can you guys shut up? You know, we got a lot more stuff to pray for. And we're saying, no, 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 no. We haven't knocked on the doors of heaven yet. We have not got, they haven't swung wide open and given us an answer. We're going to continue to pray for this situation. That would be awesome. That would be, now, that's not a guilt thing. I'm just saying, man, can we not miss leg day in prayer? You know, I squat 250. Well, can we squat 275? 300, 350? Let's max it out. And as we max it out, it gets us ready to lift the next thing and contend. Some of you have people in your lives, relationships, kids who have gone awry, who have just gone astray, and you've given up in prayer because you got discouraged. And I want to encourage you, don't give up in prayer. Some of you guys, I mean, whatever it is, finances, it could be something personally that benefits you. Don't give up in prayer. Why, God? Here's you. Here's, here's what Isaiah 65, verse 1 says. One of the, I mean, I read this this week and I just wanted to weep. I read it to Marianne. One of the saddest verses in all of the Bible, I think. Honestly. Not like saying that as an exaggerating pastor. <laughs> it is probably one of the saddest verses, and this is what it says Isaiah 65, 1 says, The Lord says, I was ready to respond. But no one asked for help. I was ready to be found, but no one was looking for me. I said, here am I. Here, here I am. Here I am. To a nation that did not call on my name. Man, that's, that's sad. That's brutal. And let me go back to this, like, prayer changes things. I think this is a good verse that prayer changes things. Not that the prayer, that we have power in ourselves somehow and we manifest it. That's like weird spirit, new age junk. That's not how this works. But somehow in this relationship with God, there's this mysterious way that God has made it that he wants us to call on him so that he will act. I don't know why it works that way, but it seems that it does. You see Abraham say, God, don't destroy, don't destroy, don't destroy the city. And God's like, mm, nah, they're pretty bad. And he's like, no, what, well, what if there's 10? Okay. Well, what if there's this many? What if there's this many? And you see this contending. Friends, we have to be people of prayer who know how to contend, know how to knock. And I think sometimes we don't see things happen because maybe we're not asking. Because we, God's waiting. He's like, come ask. Come seek. Knock. 
Knock as hard as you can. Don't stop knocking because I want to show you my glory. I want to show you my power. I want to reveal my kingdom here on earth. But you've given up so fast. Do you really want it? Do you really want this? Jesus says, can you not pray with me just one hour? You guys keep falling asleep. I'm about to be killed. I'm all alone. Not just one hour. Your best friend spent three years with you, taught you everything good. Not even one hour. And I think God would say, Southlands, not, can you just knock, keep knocking? Can you seek me? Can you ask? And we go, oh, I'm not feeling good tonight. My toe hurts. You know, the cat, He's been, you know, I don't think I can leave the cat alone for an hour and a half. Or I'm a little tired. Good Lord, come on, guys. We need to build a prayer muscle. And that's not to guilt you a lot. It's to guilt you a little bit. (laughs) I love you, but man, I don't know how else to say. What if we became a church that prayed our guts out? The worst thing that could happen is that we become more mature Christians. The worst thing that can happen is that we learn how to seek God. The worst thing that could happen is that our wildest dreams don't get like fulfilled, but somehow we grow in maturity and become people who know how to ask, seek, and knock. Lord, let that be true of us. Amen. All right, let's stand. do it. Let's do it together right now. So let's just ask. Let's seek. And let's knock. Maybe you've never done this together in a group of people. Maybe you've never done it yourself in prayer. That's all right. So let's just take the pressure off of ourselves, all right? Um, Maybe God will show up right now in a whirlwind and fire will drop from heaven. Maybe. Maybe we will pray and we won't, may not even know. Like when we were singing, uh, even when I don't see it, you're moving. Even when I don't feel it, you're moving. Maybe that will happen. I don't know. That's not on us. We could take the pressure off of ourselves completely because it's not dependent on us to make anything happen. What's dependent on us is us doing the Christian discipline pursuing God in prayer. So here's, let me just walk us through this. Let's do the asking first. And maybe close your eyes if you're a Christian. This doesn't do anything, doesn't create a spiritual atmosphere. It doesn't stir up weird stuff. All it does is it helps us focus by closing our eyes. So let's just close our eyes and let's ask God for things and situations that are in our lives that only We know, God, we need his help in. So whatever comes to mind right now, Lord, this situation, God, I'm worried about this. There's anxiety in my heart about this. Let's just say, God, here's here's these things. I'm asking, will you come and help? Will you fix? Will you mend? Let's just take a moment. Let's ask.
God, we, we, uh, we ask right now, not as minions, not as religious little acolytes, we, we ask as, as sons and daughters to our Heavenly Father about our lives that you so care about. We thank you, Lord, that you know the number of hairs on our head, that you, your thoughts of us are more than grains of sand on the shores. And so we ask you right now, thank you for the privilege of being able to ask you. So Lord, we move now from asking to seeking. And so Lord, we we just want to pursue you. And so let's, let's take a moment now and say, sometimes it's helpful in our seeking just to declare truths about who God is. Or maybe we go back to um, things that we're asking for, but just maybe in a moment of silence saying, God, will you maybe put something on my heart? Um, either something I need to stop doing or something I need to start doing or something you want to specifically say, or maybe, maybe God, you want to highlight a situation, or maybe even scripture you want to speak to me, you want to highlight a scripture to me, uh, but let's just take a moment, and maybe practically, let's just seek God, and, and, and silence our hearts, our minds, and our bodies, and just say, Lord, we seek you, we speak, so let's just, let's do that now. us to pursue you as a person in prayer. Teach us how to converse with you uh, in our own natural words, but also through your holy word. Will you strengthen that muscle in us? And the, the whole thing of expectation, will you grow that in us? Uh, grow in us a desire to meet with you find you. We thank you that your word says that when we seek you, you will be found. And so we ask for more of that in our lives. Uh, let's move from the asking, seeking. Let's go to the knocking. And I'm, I'm going to stretch us here a little bit this morning. Um, those of us who join in our regular prayer times will be familiar with us, but some of us who've never done that, this might stretch you a little bit. Um, but this is where I'm going to ask that we all just lift our voices together in contending kind of prayers. And um, man, I think it would be right for us this morning to contend for people's health. I know there's a lot of people in our church right now who are struggling with health, not only just sick, general sicknesses, but some serious illnesses. Uh, we have one of our friends who's in the hospital right now. Um, and so let's just cry out to God 
that God would pour out his health. The kingdom of God would be established in our bodies, in our physical bodies, that we would see healing. And so what does this look like in our knocking of prayers? It's us lifting our voice, and you, you can say things like, God, you are the healer. Uh, we could declare truths of who God is. And so we, we pray for your kingdom to come, your will be done in people's bodies. And Lord, will you eradicate viruses? Lord, will you uh, let people be recovered from illnesses? Uh, will you keep our church physically healthy? Uh, will you uh, put around us a hedge of protect? These kind of prayers, okay? So I'm going to mute my mic, and I'm going to ask for us to be a little bit bold. And this is where we all just lift our voices at once. You're not listening to someone praying and you're agreeing. What you're doing is we are corporately together lifting our voices in prayer. Um, you don't have to say all the right things. And try your best not to be intimidated by the person next to you, okay? So we're not going to judge one another. But let's just do this. I'm going to give us 15 seconds because I know this is new for us in a general sense. But let's for 15 seconds knock on the doors of heaven for people in our church and even in our surrounding communities for help. All right? Let's go. I'm going to give us a count of three, and then we're going to go for it. You guys all right? All right, here we go. One, two, three. Let's go. guys. Good job. All right. Well, that's some asking, seeking, and knocking. Um, my encouragement is to continue in that through your week uh, individually. When you, we get together this week for community groups, do some asking, seeking, and knocking together. And um, just, we can't not do communion. I know we're rushed for time. So let's go to the tables. Let's get the, the juice, the bread. Let's break communion together. Thank Jesus that we have the ability to seek, ask, and knock the doors of heaven.
If you guys are still praying, by all means, keep praying. We are not going to stop you or kick you out. Um, we are going to wrap up today, though. We went a little bit long, which is okay. We had a few uh, spirit interruptions, as I like to call them. Um, so we want to be flexible. We have prayer teams on both sides that would love to pray for you, whether you have a need or you want to ask or seek or knock with these individuals. Perhaps uh, one of the words that was spoken this morning by Natalie or Lori resonated with you, and you just want to dive into that deeper. Our prayer team is there to pray and care and love on you. Um, so, band, I'm sorry for uh, you standing up here this whole time. You're looking great. Um, for everybody else, we love you guys and have a wonderful Sunday. We will see you in community groups this week and next Sunday. Have a good day.